I'm Orla Martinez. And I'm Ricardo Dicken. You're listening to Double Judgeable Radio. And welcome to the Recommendation Game, Film of the Week podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen, we watch it, and then we meet to discuss it. This week's film is Tower from 2016, directed by Keith Matland, produced by Megan Gilbride and Keith Matland, edited by Austin Reedy, music by Osai Ased, cinematography by Keith Matland and Sarah Wilson, starring Violet Bean, Josephine McAdam, Blair Jackson, Chris Dubeck, Reese Everett Ryan, and Louis Arnett. And the synopsis is... On August 1st, 1966, a sniper rode the elevator to the top floor of the University of Texas Tower and opened fire, holding the campus hostage for 96 minutes. When the gunshots were finally silenced, the toll included 16 dead, three dozen wounded, and a shaken nation left left trying to understand what had happened. Archival footage is combined with rotoscopic animation in a dynamic, never-before-seen way to illustrate the action-packed, untold stories of the witnesses, heroes, and survivors. Hmm... That was comprehensive. Yes, for not once. badly written. Um, <laughs> By the way, uh, <laughs> listeners, it, it, just in case you haven't noticed, I don't write the synopsis. For the <laughs> no, you'd be getting digs. <laughs> you fucking did. <laughs> no, he does take them from IMDb, and in, in a sort of a attempt to be unbiased, I suppose. Yeah, they're always coming from the same source, other than a few weird exceptions where either it was so bad or they just didn't exist. Um, but uh, yeah, so this week's film, um, <laughs> this week's film was picked by Ricardo. It was indeed your first documentary, and why did you pick Tower? Well, Tower uh, was one of my favorite films of last year. Hmm. Well, last year being two thousand sixteen. Like, oh God, uh, not Jesus. I'm so okay with the distance from okay. that year, to be honest. But it was my favorite, one of my favorite films of 2016, and it is a film that I found incredibly powerful and. That stuck with me for uh, a good while, and I rewatched it there over Christmas with my mother, and then rewatched it for the podcast as well. Mm. And every time that I've watched it, it retained the power that it had. I I think that considering the current climate of uh, gun violence in America, it's a very important movie, but not only in the sense of like uh, examination of one of the first, if not the first, college shooting. Mm. but also the way that going forward news outlets should cover these events because this movie is completely focused on the events like ABCD, what happened, but it's completely from the point of view of the witnesses. Mm, there is no the focus end. on yeah. yeah, you don't even see him. He's Like it, it, when they talk about him, it's in the concept of what the the survivors think of him rather than what mm, the press his story yeah. is yeah like it take it focus on the people that the story should be about mm. the 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 people that suffered the people that like not glorifying or making the the hero or the protagonist the story the person that goes up mm. and shoots the monster many people. Yeah. why yeah and but at the same time it gets to throughout that to why somebody might do it and uh and also how it affects uh, the repercussions of that decision to do some, something as horrific as this. And I think also as a film, it both works as a documentary the, depicting the events of 1966, but also as a thriller of kind. It's a very entertaining and dynamic film. Mm. And the way that uh, they decided to rotoscope uh actors into that position and using those actors also to say the lines that the, uh, the, the survivors yeah. uh, went through and then cutting to the actors it's uh, something that uh, only realized why i liked it so much that decision the second time that i was watching because usually even let's say if, if you watch uh, the documentary on bando brothers uh, why we fight alone that you see all the veterans let's mm. say you have like the future idea of, yeah, of them but not the past idea mm. you don't see them as they were you see them as they are now so you, it's hard to imagine even your grandparents as young people even when you see their pictures mm. you know it's the you see them in reverse it's like how did they become that not how not what the they young were. person became yeah it doesn't bring you person. back in time as, yeah. as adequately and even like uh in the way that is almost said like 
it's almost framed that the interview that happened like a year after the event because they're not talking about how they dealt for years with the issues, mm. etc. It's almost uh, <clears throat> if they sat down in 1967 to talk to mm. them about what like happened. Like a week later, yeah. Yeah. So it creates this environment that you realize of the youth, particularly um, the 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 names escape me now. Um, the pregnant woman, the Claire. Yeah, Claire, the one of the first victims to to be wounded. Uh, like uh, her youth and her hopes for the future and her romance with Tom. Her uh, description of yeah. her relationship with Tom. It's uh, very beautiful, but because it's portrayed by a young person, it's not filled with the nostalgia of somebody way down the line. Mm. As, was the case and it's not that it gave a film the film uh, a really strong beating heart behind the the actual uh, play-by-play of what happened uh also think that it's uh, one of those things that documentaries by their nature depends uh, depend very much on the people you have access to yeah and the people that survived the event and how they are able to describe what happened and this case, you think that all all of them are very riveting to listen to and to watch. And even when it jumps forward and we see them in their like nowadays and how they discuss the past. And also how wide uh, a variety of people they got to be able to talk to, mm. you know, like uh, that they all have different viewpoints of what happened, but also... Uh, like they didn't only talk to the people that were heroic and stuff. One of my favorite interviews is the person that just stayed in the classroom mm. for the entire uh, and like her event. almost shame. Of yeah, like the well, real... it's survivor's guilt. That yeah, it, her realization. Like, I am a yeah. coward. Yeah, that you don't blame the the person that uh, that is did, did that it. it did it. Is you blame yourself for not that maybe if you were brave or somebody else would have been alive. Mm. And that's her framing yeah. of the whole thing. And it's like the moment that she realized that she was a coward and it's heartbreaking that moment. There's a lot of those moments that are heartbreaking. But the uh, the director is able to uh, also show a lot of small moments like that. It makes it, it, the the world more credible uh, and realistic and puts you in that moment that straight away I stopped realizing that it was rotoscopic and more than a lot of great period pieces, it felt like I was watching something from 1966, mm. like set in 1966, made in 1966, even the details of them playing chess. And it's not even like commented, people don't play chess anymore or whatever, you know, it's just, just went to a dorm room to play chess. And then it's like, we heard fire. Uh, somebody was shooting people and we just went to check it out because it's the 60s i suppose mm. but um, also the what it says about like america's uh, militarization of police how it was in a way if you're gonna have uh legalization of weapons the police have to have weapons to counteract the weapons that citizens can get a hold of yes. but at the same time it swung completely the other way that now it's way too much it should be that there's like one team that is called in very very specific situations and now that should not happen as often as they do again but this movie does a good job of discussing the issues but in a really non-partisan way yeah I, i don't think that this is a film directly about gun control yeah, but because of the nature of what yeah, the issue is. Yeah, of course, is, that's um, always going to be a part of it, but it's... Uh, well, I think it, it does a great job of presenting the facts in a way that without having to be preachy, but that the audience will come to the conclusion that gun control is important and also uh, dealing with the mental health of people and also that if you're sending soldiers abroad yeah, to kill people, they have to... Yeah, particularly he was a Marine as well. That... Yeah, they, they have to have the... The, the actual education and the treatment and the facilities to make themselves uh, feel better and deal with post-traumatic stress disorder when they come back from the war. If you're going to do that, you at least have to give that to your soldiers. You know, they mm. give that much to to their country. And also the, the way how people are raised with weapons, taxes, religion. This movie touches on so many topics and I think they do it does it remarkably well. In a very short space of time. Uh, yeah, it's only like about 90 minutes. And um, yeah, like the, I think that there's a lot to talk about from... Also, like um, 
uh, I, I find like we've discussed this before the documentaries have a unique position in filmmaking to be more experimental in the way that they tell their stories mm. because you have that room within like uh, telling the life story and I think this movie does a really good job in an interesting way that it's like both interesting in a filmic sense but that it works so well that if you're not interested in how to make a film you still be carried away by the movie and I also felt that the film was incredibly incredibly moving and I'm not ashamed to say that I cried a couple of times every time that I watched it mm. even like back to back and like I'll get to the moments that that got to me but uh, without further ado uh, what did you think of Tower? Oh, a cheerful movie, by the way. Uh, <laughs> final point as well. It's, uh, we've been in the role of 2016 movies. This is the third 2016 movie oh, in a row. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very true. Um, well, no. Yeah, Lost City of Z is 2016. I thought we had established that it was 2017. Yeah, but it was like a technicality. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, we, we have um, three very, very different films, though. I think yeah. we could definitely... Um, uh, definitely say um, yeah obviously I was uh, vaguely aware of this um, I think maybe from when it came out and then also um, whenever we were talking about Persepolis yeah I think we you know like Walt Smith Bashir and obviously Persepolis is not rotoscoping but um, the kind of use of of, um, of animation to tell very heartbreaking stories and how how powerful something that seems like it should be like should be alienating isn't and how incredibly engrossing that it can be and obviously rotoscoping is another another level of it um it, this is a fantastically con- constructed piece of work um like the it's the fact that you forget that a lot of the time it's 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 almost like piece to, like it's piece to camera like it's people but they're animated and they're actors like it's it's fascinating because so much of the beginning of this is it unfolds in the way of something like a thin the thin blue line of of the people talking and describing um very much in their own words like the day of where they were and how their day started and when the shooting starts and everything and it's you're sort of like introducing all these characters in what is really a, quite a standard way but it's not it's it's through adding this layer to it it creates this incredibly immersive believable world and what you were saying about the fact that like this is 1966 like it's and it's it's astonishing because i didn't realize how much um um archive was going to be uh distributed amongst um all the other stuff because it's it's rotoscoping and then it's rotoscoping of characters placed um in front with like on, on like layered on top of photographs or on top of footage or like it's and then cutting to like between there's one scene in particular where i was like that's incredible where they are cutting between where there's a guy with um an eight mil camera talking to the guy he's being interviewed by the the the, the broadcaster in his car and cutting between the footage and the rotoscoping and the all with that what they're talking about and then also like with the narration of the guy from his interview which is like it's there's so many layers and it is like it's and what i like what i find interesting about um kind of like reading up about this afterwards was um uh it was, it was a very highly regarded film but um i read one particular interview or uh, review which was kind of interesting where i can't remember if it was in new york times or where where um it wasn't a it wasn't a critic that I would be very aware of, but um, their main problem with the film, um, which I think is one of the film's strengths, which you've already stated, is uh, that it doesn't delve into the killer, and he's only he is they do give a little small tiny bit of of, um, of uh, background to him at the very very end, but he's not. It's more through the eyes of of the people and everything, and like that was one of the things that I noticed quite early on is that you never see him you never it's it's cutting back constantly to the shots of the tower from from real photographs and real footage and and like and then to the rotoscoping and there there's no you know it, it's it's he's there but it's not about that <laughs> it's yeah. and it's such an interesting examination of of it through like the memory and the impact of an event like this and what I find like fascinating about it is that like picking this one in particular is is very interesting in in a modern context because um it's it's the way that 
they handled it at the time and the way they talk about how it was at the time that you know there there it was it was really terrifying this this incredibly this you know traumatic event that happened to these people but like at the time this was a completely unheard of thing like yeah, it was completely alien like, the, the know, police the, are what the fuck is going uh, on yeah, they don't like, know how to you're, deal with you're it, watching the... it and you're like your the response is so slow and you're like yeah but this has never happened before. This is not. A, this is 1966. This is not a thing that happens. Like at this point, like mass killings are all are strange enough, and like it's the idea of someone like a mass shooting, like it's completely. And the fact that it, especially with like young people outside of the context of war is completely alien. So it's the the mixture of that with the fact that this is 1966, anyways, and. There's this sort of, it's, I think at one point one of them says um, uh, it was a different world. Yeah. So it's in how they react to it at the time and how they react to it afterwards and how they only shut down the college for a day. And, you know, like this, this it's this strange buttoned up stoic response to like, even whenever the thing is unfolding and happening, it's, there's no hysteria you know what I mean? Like pe- people are are panicked and scared and hiding and worried the for their lives. They but show up are like actually doing a good job but of they're, like, they're, and it's it's not even that it's like I am going to be the hero, and or even like the people that were cowards. It's that they just this incredibly strangely measured but still very human response to something that. Now, when this kind of event happens, it is muddled by the fact that so many of them have happened. So as soon as you're in a public area in America, obviously, you know, we don't have this experience, but and something like that unfolds, people know immediately what's happening because they it happened, you know, that it's it's so common and that every time it happens, it's everywhere. It's all over the the news. And I think that there's that, that's turning now that the, they've become much slightly better at handling these problems but even with something like compared like something like the boston marathon bombing or something yeah. like how that was handled and how the whole thing everything becomes compounded and even something as early as columbine of how like the the way that was reacted to at the time like in the moment and and it's there's just something fascinating about how well captured the what 1966 texas was like yeah you know what i mean that exactly how these people were at the time and even how like them talking about it and how also like uh, it's one of those uh, things where uh, this kind of topic of movies that is like a specific event that comes out of the normal day so the movie is very uh, skilled in portraying their lives before the event in very little time yeah like that their characters before the event happens mm. and obviously when you're using real people like you don't have to develop and invent a backstory or whatever mm. but the scenes that they choose to focus on you know or, or the words that they they use to describe it like of him talking about yeah. his bike route and or like the the guy that works in the in the co-op shop that he's like oh I was gonna go for lunch and I just thought that there was a fight across the the thing and I mm-hmm. just went to check it out to stop it, and it's like that's like that's the character or the police guy that is like just killing time at home before his shift starts and he just rings the police department mm-hmm. to go do you need me to go over there kind of thing without actually just heading over that you still ask for permission you know yeah so it's um and i thought that was particularly poignant considering that he's the the person the in the end got the <laughs> yeah. the killer so it's kind of the uh this weird thing that is it wasn't for glory whatsoever it's just like his sense of duty of doing it and also like the the spectrum the specter of vietnam holding like this the hanging over this as well yeah like, if, if i like they're, the they're sort of like i had my military training and, and yeah and and so on or even like when the the um uh, which was one of the moments that got me completely was when the the guy with the glasses and his friend grab uh kate karen the claire claire uh, <laughs> that they get claire and this other guy goes to get tom 
and when they're interviewing oh, the him, he goes like straight away yeah. i knew that he was that it was dead weight and they go like how do you know and it's like because uh, i was in vietnam yeah and it's like that moment alone it just like so human but like it's the weird thing that even in interviews after events happen nowadays mm. maybe it's because even as people that survived those events are so used to watching people talk about those events on television that they mm. in it's the not a natural moment, response yeah. everything has been tainted by yeah. seeing portrayals and real documentaries because they answer questions like if they were character yeah. like even nowadays that like it's really hard to see uh, in the news true humanity of there because either people that want to talk to the camera straight away because the 15 minutes of fame yeah or in fairness i won't i don't defend uh the british that much but the way that they've dealt with the recent spite of uh, terrorism in yeah England that's has that's been what fairly, i said that i think uh, that decent. the tide has turned and that they were well i like think a Europe, pr- yeah i think definitely we're getting much much better at um at, at just unfortunately you, well yeah it means that, through, like, through practice just, makes perfect uh, yeah i mean like i think a direct comparison can be made between like say the london bombings and uh and then the most recent attacks um, even the the way the uh manchester and the mm. the london bridge attack uh and the shooting as the the other attack that happened like two weeks after the london bridge attack yeah the that they were like nice or whatever that even the people that they got to interview uh weren't were people that were there but also like they're calling attention to people that did the correct thing and that becomes the story yeah that the, so the we focus don't we don't know anything about that, like could you yeah. right now say anything about the, those people that did those attacks no no um obviously in this there there is a a, a, a focus on law enforcement because obviously they're they're talking to a lot of the main characters are like the the cops and everything but um it's 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 the people of of the the those like behind the the cops it's not it's not that this is not really a procedural you know what i mean it's not it's not like the the case of finding out like you know it's it's just the the telling of a story through the eyes of the people that were there yeah. and there as you know it was like if their recollections are muddled or not it's it's sort of all coming together to form one story of giving a very very clear feeling of yeah. what it was like to be there that day for all those people not just one of them or whatever um and this is like pre-proper t- protests for the war in college campuses and everything yeah. so when the, the university was part of the community of the city as well yeah the it did happen like uh, 67 68 69 up to early 70s that most college campuses became like a bedrock Separate. of anti-war yeah sentiments so especially in the deep violence, south to like, be yeah. yeah they especially in the deep south to be kind of a, a a wedge between the community and the college itself and the students that they're like mm. you know like in this they're still all crew cut and like the person that has like slightly psychedelic shirt is yeah. the, the, the weird guy you know yeah he wasn't even in the college <laughs> Yeah. So like it, it's a uh, um, part of the of the interesting, but also the the way of the cops is that they're like their beat is the college, so they're probably like all the experience that they have, besides their army training to the ones that were ex soldiers mm. is like just patrolling the college or somebody smoking weed. Yeah. Put out, uh, don't drink in public. Put a plastic bag over that. Mm. And you really get that that yeah. this is a completely unheard of thing, and that like they don't even bring like the whole thing of like not having shotguns and and just having no facility to deal with this problem at all because it's just it's so alien and so unheard of and it, like it, it's it's even like that the, there's no tactical. A, you know na- like nature to their response to it yeah. and because because you it's don't have uh, this functional like yeah uh, the, there's they're no not, command center no the, like there like, was no central that's the thing is that like there's no chief of police coming in there's no sheriff coming in and going right and they set up the barricade and there's the communication and there's their hostages and there's the not thing, even helicopters no they have like the a, pl- there was a plane yeah that was but the, with the, the haze of the heat yeah. because it's so fucking hot like it is something that i didn't know the animation could yeah. fucking do that is feel the that, heat. like her back is yeah. burning as she lies in the concrete like and you feel it 
and it's heartbreaking when she says oh i could feel the baby to my side Jesus. so like uh i knew, I knew that, that he was, that gone. He was gone. So, and, oh my god and also like her her arc is just heartbreaking also like the how in love she was with tom and it's like they've only been going out for together for yeah. like three months and like they're moved in together like, yeah, i met him whenever i was already six months pregnant and i was like wait what <laughs> you know and like that that little like it's almost like psychedelic kaleidoscope yeah. of like you know and it's maybe like you want it to be a, a minute and... a minute top of the entire yeah. entire movie like and you completely it's a beautiful sequence um you completely understand th- the depth of feeling as well because yeah. it was like the honeymoon but the way she says kind of she's thing. like we were we were just in love yeah you know and it's like as simple as that that it's 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 not this grand epic love story it's just like this simple thing of that is the, the the if this hadn't happened it would have been just a completely normal story of like two yeah. people that met uh at the right time in the right place yeah and were meant for each other but like Ugh. and barred the, the events of like one man like they'd be able to like they, nobody else would know about their story and it's almost mm. like it's sad in that way that it's like oh it's such a lovely story but it's also but, like, so it's sad so how tragic that we are hearing it purely because it was ended tragically but it's so sad as well how the whole thing of like like rita and yeah. how important rita was to her but she never saw her that like almost the day after this happened, even how they respond the to it, even like the respond to like the response to it just after it happened is that they all walked away. Yeah. Because they had no facility to process this whatsoever, and like the college didn't know how to handle it, so just didn't completely. You know that the fact that the guy and his cousin and he hadn't even seen his cousin. Yeah. That literally the day that they walked off that campus, the ones that survived, that they just buried it. And it's almost as if until the that filmmaker came and asked them about it, they never spoke of it or thought yeah. of it or anything. That like this incredibly horrifying thing that happened to them. And that I think that definitely lends a strange like freshness or something to their recollections because yeah because they haven't talked about it so yeah and the the retelling of a story and that you start to tell it like a story yeah rather than just the way it is in your memory and just and also you stop having an emotional connection to the event because it becomes the your is you 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 haven't really lived the event like in how they are retelling the story they're reliving the event mm. but if you retell and retell and retell it you're retelling the you're the reliving the retelling, the retelling not yeah. the yeah, yeah. It the becomes story a, itself a whole other thing. Uh, the moments that really got me in this movie that mm. are like can i can uh, i just sorry, yes yeah before before you get into that because i do i do want to um uh, say one particular thing um i loved the first hour of this film and the like the last sort of a half an hour 20 minutes of it um it dragged a bit for you no well i feel like this film at a certain point turned into something else and i really didn't like the ending and like we talk a lot about films endings and like <laughs> what part in particular sorry uh, just so i can uh, um uh, to be honest and the... like i don't think this is comp- this particular thing i'm gonna say i don't think this is completely fair but the use of claire de lune uh, like for me that song is so overused that yeah. i think and that the fact that this was made in 2016 i think that that was a really big mistake because it like the idea like i like the idea of it of the the, the slowing everything down and using classical music or something a hundred percent because like there is music in this and like i think that it's but that it just it really really brought me out of it and kind of from after the the shooting of the guy onwards because the power of being able to really really relate to these people because you see them as they are young yeah and then the power of when you see them very briefly to begin with of their faces now and you hear their voices connected to their faces now. That power is lost because it is completely overused. And it becomes every other documentary. And these, it felt completely unnecessary for me to have a, like 
Claire in particular because she is so important to this film and like the movie really in a way like she is one of the very center central protagonists and so many of the other person's stories relate to her as well and like how she really stuck in everyone's mind because she was pregnant and you know like completely how helpless she was and she was the first victim and we hear so much from her and her retellings are amazing and um, and I think seeing her face is really powerful but then where she like her showing shots of her looking through life magazine and her you know meeting um what's his name the guy who carried her and showing that and i i I don't it just it felt it didn't feel like the it just it was not like after the power of the first hour of this film it completely unraveled for me I th- and I- it, I've, I felt so torn by it because I was so invested and it really and it, it this film has it, it, it almost didn't know how to end or something as well I, I, I disagree with you uh, I guess <laughs> um, <laughs> that's okay uh, because what I think especially in, uh, more viewings the why like the same way that I said why uh, on se- second view why I was able to pinpoint why I loved so much the use of the actors and ro- road scoping in the beginning of the movie is that uh, the this is a movie that is truly a tribute to the survivors and I think as well it would have been in the surface to them not to show them what it did to them like in reality that is not a fictional retelling let's say you know it's it's their words that we're using you know mm. and I think that ethically and also like as the point of the movie is that it also shows that they're the real people, but withdrawing that from the beginning is that makes you get into their side of the, the actual event, let's say, and picture themselves in their youth, mm. but then seeing also the, in the, the future. And the fact that it's actually like, it's one of those things that of course it is planned and stage that they're going to meet up together to talk about things, but it is true that they, they hadn't met until, the documentary was made you know and i think it's a a, a great uh, way also of describing the the ptsd and stuff that they had because until that moment they hadn't spoken to anybody but also not only their story they hadn't spoken to anybody about the the story that the other person mm. experienced you know so it's like it gave them a bigger perspective and they do mention that the it gives them a bigger perspective of the actual event and what it took place that it even it put into context the cowardice that your one felt it put into context what Rita Rita did like the true bravery of her you know yeah uh, put into context what the guy that I, carried her I think for I just want to clarify that it I don't think it's it's what they were saying it was how they showed it uh, but it's, also I think like I think that they like it's not the most cinematic it's not as cinematic as well it came before it let's say but I think that because they're good subjects uh, even in their old age let's say that it's not just the actors portraying it and they have such warmth and emotion in their voice and clear recollection and also very interesting things to say even about uh, things that I don't have in common with them even like but they talk about faith and stuff usually mm. i roll my eyes to be honest but like in this case like it was so heartwarming but also that it made sense how they processed the what went on through that and because at this stage of the film they're talking about the process of living with the events of what happened 40 years ago or 50 years ago i mean mm. it's uh it's important to show them as they are now and i also think that it also um uh, gives a, a because you see how they were younger and you know that they're actors is that now you see that this wasn't a movie you know this is not just a film it's not it's not the fucking Patriots Day starring Mark Wahlberg yeah like uh, I I I know what you mean and like I I completely I do agree I think with, that uh, the use of the use of their faces at the end is is really powerful and should be there. I think you should see them as they are. But I think and that you need the time as well with them. Like I don't think like showing them just the faces would have been the revealing the gimmick for an emotion. And I think this movie is trying to do something more than that. 
And I think that it achieves it by uh, spending that time I with the, think the, it's the, complete, the I think it's the complete opposite. Uh, I think that it's, it's overdone. It's too long. I think that it takes from what it was. And it for me, it started to feel like a disservice to those people. And the, the, the what the film is, for me, I think, trying to say. Like, I just... It just it felt like showing them in there there at that moment as well. It felt exploitative or something like showing. I like I, I don't think so because even they said it themselves. Because same way that you uh, spoke about before that nobody knew how to deal with it because it never had happened before. These people never got counseling. These people never got uh, Should they the, be the chance counseled to... on camera though. I. Yeah, but at the same time, it's uh, um, something that, for one, uh, from what I read, uh, like, obviously, it's what I read in those interviews and and such, but uh, um, a lot of them never spoke to anybody because they didn't trust the, the story that it was going to be told, you know? Mm. Uh, for example, even in the press conferences that they were like, we don't want to our words to be... Uh, used against us so that's why the police chief did all took the, the talking, questions yeah. yeah because even like uh uh some people went like oh the press is kind of stupid asking them like oh did he point the gun at you or whatever and it's like yeah th- that's what the question that the press should ask it's like mm. give them an honest answer there's no problem but it's like you shouldn't just take for granted that you ki- the police killed a, a man just yeah, for... no. <laughs> that's the press not doing their job. Then. Yeah, they don't uh, ask this question. But uh, everybody that there was the the came into the project was because they believed that um, also to make a dedication that then themselves because they survived, mm. they were able to tell their story, and the film is very pointedly dedicated to the nineteen people that didn't survive, including yeah. uh, her son, her the baby. It was. Uh, a baby boy i believe i think so yeah so i think that that's why it's important as well because especially in the second viewings what i got the most was the in any other circumstance because they talk about luck and how like even the people that got shot and survived that it's like one inch here and one Mm. inch there they're not that if it was luck it could be a completely different set of people telling the same story yeah and the thing is that what this man did was completely deny all the 19 the people that killed the the, those people, yeah. 19 people and that's what one of the things that got to me and but also like what well, just to go back to the yeah. this that got to me <laughs> really got to me was first the cliche but because it's real life it's not cliche the guy that was gonna retire that they fucking oh met yeah that yeah <laughs> i laughed when uh, i saw that it was so sad because that scene yeah that they whenever... just pull side by his side <sighs> on the cars and they're just like shooting the shit they're and a little like... chat yeah and uh, and then like he obviously that future gone mm. then um the other moment i i alluded to was when he carries the dead weight and it's like he knew what that weight felt like and it's mm. like something that nobody should like no. recognize extreme straight away you know yeah and then uh also uh the moment when the the reporter is reading the names of the victims and the guy that is d- covering the news realizes that it's his oh grandson God. yeah jesus and he's like can you repeat those names again and that moment like shattered me like absolutely uh shattered me uh, yeah but i uh, like that they they show in that moment they show the the actual guy yeah that and like he cries because and then he's like almost confused and he's like i guess it's because i have grandchildren now that i understand what it was like for him Um, and he didn't when when mm. it happened yeah the 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 reporter guy that actually went to the campus is like one of the most interesting Mm. uh people in the in the film i know that i say that i didn't that i didn't like the ending and I understand kind of what you mean, but for me, it, it just, it, it really didn't work and it kind of upset me because I was like, no! But um, this is a really unbelievably powerful film. And like, I find it quite strange that this got no attention considering that like this is, and it, you know, this is 2016, like, and well, I suppose any year in the last couple of decades really, there would have been a prominent mass shooting where this coming out could have, you know, like around... Uh, would have been topical but 
I just I find it quite strange that this movie is very strangely unheard of and it doesn't really get mentioned in relation to kind of like other like, like real life events and other movies that tackle this kind of thing so I don't know if you had any like perspective on that of why this disappeared or it's uh, because it's an American movie uh, because um, it didn't get a wide release in Europe like uh, it showed in the IFI here for a couple of weeks or whatever mm. it's like documentary release in Europe really but for a documentary like this, the what gives it a visibility really is the same as something like the act of killing. Uh, most documentaries uh, is either the personality behind the camera, something like Herzog, so mm. you can market that, or that you have an awards push. Yeah. At this movie, they didn't do an awards push for. Ah, uh, okay. And it's pretty obvious because it's an American movie. Most awards in America. Uh, you can't don't think that a lot of voters would have stomached this that well like it they do like i think in, like in the like mostly like the guild awards did okay you know like editing in a documentary etc 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 cinematography and documentary uh like it uh, got attention that way and it did show up in like numerous and numerous top 10 lists of film critics that went to see it but like even in america it didn't get a wide release mm. like even like well like obviously a documentary won't get a wide release but i think it just got released in chicago new york and la so like if you lived in minnesota you can't go yeah. but apparently or it's doing very in well Texas. in netflix which is oh uh, okay uh very good it could be to, really to the the platform for this kind of movie i suppose yeah um yeah that's kind of interesting i didn't really know anything about its release or anything but um like i just like this film is so relevant and important like for obviously like a lot of the reasons that we said but even like i think we said this about whenever we were talking about like persepolis and you know things like waking life and stuff and sorry can i interrupt yeah right there just because it's related to first thing the um, moment first review that i read about it was in south by southwest which is in austin where this film took place yeah the reviewer said that it was one of the most powerful experiences of uh, his life watching the movie and when he got out of the cinema he could see the tower from the oh, from God, the street yeah. and it like broke him because it's like really no disconnect between the real life film and, and the, the and something that life. is yeah. so evocative of real life anyways despite being rotoscoped for the most part yeah. um yeah well that kind of i suppose leads to what i was going to say with like uh, like still we have this idea of, of animation as being some sort of like disconnected and then an also childish thing that it can is unable to like evoke the real emotions of like you know that it's 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 flimsy as a medium basically and i think that this is should be up there with anything along the lines of like you know like be the best pixar movies or things like waking life and and waltz with bashir of the sheer like power that animation has to sh- like show real human emotion and I mean, this this is just. I mean, I can understand why that even just for something like editing, why this would have won awards because it is incredibly well put together. Um, like I said at the start, like the 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 combination of of many different mediums, um, like in within one sequence, like of one like certain section that a person is retelling, and and like the many layers that this movie puts together, and. It is, it is a very very well crafted um, piece of work, and uh, I just wish more people would would see this, like because yeah. it is really really something quite original as well. I think um, even when there are obviously there have been other films that have done taken a um, a similar use of of the same technology, but um, uh, this is a very particular mix, I think, and it's fascinating. I think that also, uh, since you brought animation, is that um, I I heard somebody say recently about this animator's work that it was like his difference of animation to other people was that instead of doing like one the like film is one uh, one frame every sorry twenty four frames per second, mm. so it's like every frame is one twenty fourth of a second, let's say. So in animation, even Disney or whatever, because they think that they can get away with a little bit more of it, is that they do it once every, like, does one third of the amount of frames. So for every 
24 frames they would do actually only like about eight or nine kind mm. of thing to cut down on the production or whatever and this animator would do it in 24 frames so he would draw 24 frames individually to create the 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 which explains the, 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 the smoothness of, yeah. of certain animations. Uh, like rotoscoping is 24 frames a second. Yeah, but well, it's different from what Pixar do, obviously. But uh, like this is drawing that I'm speaking about, not yeah. graphic animation that is a completely different animal. But uh, what he said was about animation is the animation, your job as an animator is not to make something realistic. It's to make something believable. Mm. And the, like this movie could have been done because University of Texas has not changed at all since this happened. Mm. It was shot there. Like structurally. Yeah. Yeah. You you wouldn't need to like they would have been able to shoot the same film using the same tech like just shooting it the the way like setting it there, you know? Truth and reality are two separate things. Mm. There would be more realistic to have the people going in but this presents a truth that is more believable in a way than realistic more immersive yeah somehow Um, yeah like even in you know really like you know something say like the the thin blue line where the reconstructions are it's 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 not it's not kind of like pbs documentary reconstruction it's another like very like abstract kind of take on a reconstruction say and it's something yeah. that say that they didn't like um um what do you call it the uh oh god what was that hbo thing about what's his name <laughs> sorry <Robert Durst? laughs> yes oh my god you got it holy shit you know they've it's a similar kind of style of like the repetition of on everything and like you know that that's like one sort of take on it i suppose but they're um, turning into like the 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 cliche like mother cliche. that is like Oh, you know that movie with what's his oh face God, that it's in you. that other movie. Fuck you, because I do it about other things, not just movies. <laughs> Jokes on you. Uh, <laughs> um, what is this vegetable? <laughs> Avocado. Uh, <laughs> this is very much obviously like we've watched an awful lot of movies on this podcast, and there's been an awful lot of them that we've said, you know, no one saw this. Go fucking watch it, but see, like, because this film just has so it. it has so much to offer across like you know so things that are very topical and then also just as the telling of a general story like it's yeah. incredibly impactful like it's not it's not a preachy movie at all and that, like that's the thing it's it does what a great message movie does that mm. it doesn't feel like a message movie whatsoever and the message comes from actually just empathizing with the characters yeah that you just go like nobody should go through this yeah. so you should stop this anybody is, being able to there only to is one else. conclusion really but and like that is not the point of the movie almost yeah. it's, it's it's giving the voice to people that do not have a voice anymore because of this person it's not telling the story of the madness of one man and and I, I, I find that article like I was saying just baffling like to be honest it was almost like someone that just missed the point of the film uh, <laughs> you that, know? that reviewer like, was probably a fucking Fox News watcher or something I don't, like it just because the rest of the film like the rest of the article was like you know yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah, yeah. wait what <laughs> it, it, probably like uh, an idiot that liked the last episode of the first season of True Detective <laughs> Time is a flat circle. Oh, anyways. Carcosa. Speaking of time, um, is there anything you want to... Like, I just wanted to uh, briefly touch upon as well, like, not only the the soundtrack, but, like, actually the performances. uh, What do you think of the actors in it? Because it is actors. It is another thing that made me think of of the Arbor, actually, um, which may, may, may be a pick. We we don't know. But, um, or I don't know, rather. Um... It's it's so good that it's almost confusing at the beginning because you're like, wait, they must be actors, but but yeah, it's so. And even then, when you get to the end and you see the real people, and then obviously like the 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 like rotoscoping is based on an actual person's performance, and it's like you know, so it's. But when you see photographs of the people, it's like it's so. It's almost like eerie. It's like it's it kind of fucks with your head a bit because yeah. It's, how did they get the casting so right that they look 
And the they're same, also amazing the actors. Yeah, I don't know. I really, honestly, don't know. Like this, it's it's a it's a like it's a triumph of of idea and execution. Like it's it's because it's the kind of thing that could have gone like really quite wrong. I think like, like one actor would have derailed. The yes, because there's so many of them, and they're all they all most of them return constantly. Like they're to like continue and then like give a kind of a conclusion to their particular story. So you can imagine if like one person had been crap, it would have been like, oh no, like. And also what I felt in this film that I was quite surprised was the amount of humor in it. How they found so much space yeah. for humor in it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> actually one, I actually wrote down the quote, quite funny, like, where whenever people start showing up with their own guns to kind of help, basically, yeah. because the police were so out of their depth. And uh, the woman who stayed inside and, and like, has already kind of, um, she has some really great lines, but she says that it was a mass of testosterone. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, <laughs> that's such a great line. Um, but I think, part of it is just that the it's the telling from normal people and that yeah. it's uh, just so Even much the, of your observation of normal life is tinged with humor because it's almost like the way you deal with daily life is is through just like and i love that your man the uh uh worked they ended up getting deputized so I <laughs> oh, yeah. it, like, like you couldn't get more taxing than you were like i'm i'm deputizing <laughs> you he was like i think the use of the the footage of him at the is it at the press conference or yeah. he does an interview or something where he's just like not even traumatized isn't the right word but just so uncomfortable with the idea of himself as a hero yeah. and that like he just did what he did there was no like he was just going to the base of the tower to call his wife because it was the only telephone that it's he knew. It's the only where reason was. he moved, he went over there, and then he was like, "Well, you know, like, you know what? Fuck you!" And the fact that like they showed he gave your man the finger. And yeah, everything I, that's the moment that I cracked up laughing because he called the middle finger the Italian digit. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard. I was like, I have never heard that before. What the fuck? I gave him the Italian digits. It's so bizarre. Um, it's the fact it's that like, as he a says person. that, but then they show it. It's so funny. It's like, if, and I, then I, like, like the the bullet just whizzed by like over his head. And I know that that moment was full bullshit in the sense of the bullet going over yeah. his head there. But it was like a sold the moment. I'll, I'll take so it for the joke. It's hilarious. Like, but um. Yeah, and like it, it is. Um, I think you mentioned it, but we didn't really completely talk about um, just how tense this film is, um, and how it, as it unfolds of of like because you can kind of sort of you kind of know that some of these people obviously survived because we're getting their voices, but yeah. then you don't know at the beginning because you're not sure what their actual method is going to be here. Is it like, are these the actual survivors or are they, you know what I mean? Like at the very beginning, you're not entirely sure what it is that they're doing. And as it comes to unraveling, you become more and more aware that it's like, no, well, obviously there are certain people that they were, they don't have a voice because, you know, maybe they didn't get interviewed with them or whatever. Yeah. And other people that were, you know, that obviously they, they died or whatever. But yeah. And the, in the middle, like uh, the, uh, it was the the I think it's Harlan the the guy from the shop that he was one of the few. Uh, oh, Crum was his name. Yeah, Crum. Sorry, yeah. Uh, Ed Crum. Yeah, or some, yeah. And uh, he was one of the few people that get like the interview treatment without um, without having been like interviewed by the filmmakers because he passed away like in the early two thousands or nineties, mm. I believe. Uh, but uh, they were able to do it because they had so much interview material because obviously he was the quote-unquote hero mm. so he was actually interviewed quite in depth by other journalists so they just used the words that he used in mm. other interviews it's like it's a or, composite uh yeah that's uh that's tower uh we're running out of time so i we should get to favorite yes. and least favorite things what's your favorite thing about the movie um just the combination of of the rotoscoping and the archive and the the, the like the actors in the interviews and it's just it's incredible like it, it's really really impressive and it, it is like I mean, we say the word immersive a lot but it's it's something that is not easy to achieve and this it's just incredible like yeah so um what was your favorite thing like uh, I do think the 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 decision to make it the way that they did make it, it's my favorite thing. Like I think the 
they could have as well like this is fairly low budget mm. uh, they could have tried to do go down the recreation route or just the talking heads route with the <laughs> where archive footage that you could have done so many things that are not as innovative as this but uh, it both works as in like a piece of innovative filmmaking like the structure of it like it, like it's old technology but i've never seen it implemented in, in this way mm. but also it's what gives the film the power that it has and i think it is one of the like it is a movie that leaves its mark when you watch it like it's not it's weird because it's incredibly heavy and and like weighty but also light and breezy, like mm. as in the, it, it just chokes along nicely and when you're watching and you're just riveted by it. Mm. But at the same time, you have a very deep emotional response to it. Uh, uh, it's very rare in filmmaking, I think, to, to, to be able to capture that. In uh, such a short amount of time. Yeah. You know, like to, to really like set up the characters and everything like it is really impressive. Yeah, it's a very economical and it's in storytelling. Mm. And even, even like the, the, the moments when it decides to use archive, like one of my favorite moments is when they're, uh, well, favorite moments. Uh, it's hard. To well. <laughs> so like the, it's uh, when after the the killer is uh, being sorted, and <laughs> sorted, after the killer has been silenced, the, everybody just walked into the mall. Mm. and just stood there not talking or anything just like mm. what the fuck just happened and kind of thing and with the it makes it like because you're not using uh, archive footage throughout when you're using it it creates its yeah. power but also it creates power in the other moments and it's uh yeah like it's a unique piece of work i think and mm. it's oh, one definitely, that, like, definitely. Uh, yeah. yeah it's a well worth a watch and like i've been saving it for a while like i was thinking of picking it but i was trying to 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 find the the right moment to pick mm. it so um yeah that was uh i i'm guessing i know what's your least favorite thing yeah, but i'm gonna ask anyways it's the ending um it really it did not it didn't i'm gonna say it ruined the film for me because the film is too powerful beforehand to be ruined by it and it's there are elements within it that I still like. Like I think the use of um the the shots of um the the news guy and like his very, you know, like the the, the crying like and his emotion is is really just incredibly powerful. And but ultimately, it just it, it felt like the movie had just gone in a completely different direction. Yeah, and it yeah it didn't really work for me. What was your least favorite thing? Uh, first of all, I just want to say that I forgot to say that your man that plays, uh, the, the man that plays, the actual uh, guy that was the cop that didn't go to the tower straight away, the mm. shoulda, coulda, coulda, looks like the head of Kirk Douglas. Oh, Kirk Douglas. Yeah, yeah, like, a little, I guess. The image of him, like with the beard and all, jeez. Like doppelganger, like <laughs> Mr. C in Twin that, Peaks: The Returns. Was that distracting for you? No, I just I thought that I, I was like, oh, for a moment there, because there's other actors. Who's like, what's Kirk Douglas doing here? <laughs> and it's like, no, but it's not even like nowadays. Kirk Douglas is about like thirty years ago. Kirk Douglas, like he was already old, but he wasn't yeah. like a hundred and five or whatever. Kirk Douglas is. <laughs> he's like older than america nearly (laughs) (laughs) and um my least favorite thing is probably like i don't know i think that there's a moment in the middle that it sags a bit but it's not like a huge deal i think it's uh like the i I caught myself the three times watching it even though i knew i would like the ending Mm. i wonder where this is going now like how much yeah i i kind of get because i think in my notes as well i had a moment where i was like wait where are they going with this now because it was that you kind of felt that like it was gonna they were started to wrap it up too quickly or something and that they'd sort of yeah i feel it's a little it doesn't quite have a handle of it in the in the middle but it kind of gains it back yeah let's say the third quarter And uh, yeah, the, the, that's pretty much it. like I don't have that many. Uh, camp- like I do agree with the Claire de Lune fucking use. It's kind of which uh, is a shame because it's such a beautiful piece of music, but it's just in everything. And there's an actual uh, piece of version of Claire de Lune that you would love, and it's a reinterpretation by a jazz musician. So it's with a saxophone. 
oh, and it's wow. like a, like an eight minute version of it and they came out with fascinating like, it's an okay, amazing like uh I, I also like if we can link it in the description because yeah. it is like a really really good piece of music uh so next week it's orla's pick uh what are you choosing orla <laughs> well i think after um the last two movies um i have like other things that's kind of fucking and i was like no i think we need something slightly not happier but less traumatic let's let's say so i think I, i'm gonna go for a diary of a teenage girl Ooh, interesting yes, yes. Uh, i think it's time back to uh, to coming of age Yay. female stars my favorite um yeah which is not 2016 was it <laughs> it might have been actually <laughs> we need it. okay in your next book you can remedy that right. anyways uh where can they find us Ricardo? they can find us on facebook the recommendation game on twitter at the rec game the recommendation game at gmail.com is our email address and you can also find us on the dublin digital radio mix cloud where all our episodes are located you can also catch us on mondays on 11 to 12 on dublin digital radio and if you want to support independent radio made in dublin you could support the Patreon of Dublin Digital Radio, which is kind of like self-explanatory. And see. Uh, thank you. My next monologue is uh, I was Ricardo Deacon. I was Orla Mavinas. Thank you for listening. See you next week.